I would go to like 25 other mobile websites and other retail businesses and see what they're doing and, you know, kind of take a best practices type of thing and mesh that with kind of my own frame. Hey, my name is Felix Tia, and I'm the host of Shopify Masters, a weekly podcast powered by Shopify, the easiest way to sell online, in person, and anywhere in between. Each week, we invite entrepreneurs like you to share what they've learned growing successful e-commerce businesses. In this episode, you'll learn how to address and handle negative reviews, the most important parts of a mobile page, and why you should change your offer depending on the source of the traffic. Today, I'm joined by Michael Levy, Marketing Director from Pete and Pedro. Pete and Pedro sells premium men's grooming products to help men become more confident and look their best. It was started in 2013 based up Atlanta, Georgia. Welcome, Michael. Hey, Felix. How you doing? Good, good. So you are, like I mentioned, the Marketing Director. Tell us a bit more about how you got introduced to the company. Sure. So the company was started by Aaron Marino. His nickname is Alpha M. He is one of the biggest men's influencers on YouTube. And uh, my prior company I worked with called uh, Grimmy Lounge, we had uh, done some sponsorships with him um, way back when he was just getting started and we had a lot of success and, you know, basically kind of formed a friendship and over the years, you know, saw his business, businesses grow and saw Pete and Pedro grow and we just kind of got chatting and basically he wanted to take Pete and Pedro to the next level and, you know, I've been in the men's grooming space for a long time and it just kind of fit. So Aaron asked me if I wanted to come on board and, and I did. Awesome. And you mentioned to me offline that you are, you, you know, you joined later in the company, but you are good friends, good friends with the, you, you, you basically know the founding stories. Tell us more about that. Like how did the idea behind the business come? Yeah. So, you know, Aaron, he, um, you know, he was, he does men's influencer stuff, the lifestyle, fitness, grooming, you know, he's all about making guys feel more confident. And, you know, basically it's, he was in the image business. And obviously if you want to have a good image, you know, usually you want to have nice hair and nice products that you're using to you know, look your best. So, you know, he basically kind of launched uh, Pete and Pedro on a whim with his barber. You know, they got together and he was like, hey, let's, let's get some good hair products out here. You know, all the stuff that's currently in the market's not that great or it's not for my hair. So he looked around and, you know, basically after a year, they launched a couple of products basically in his garage. You know, his first order was like 20 units of each product. It was kind of just like on a whim, see how it goes. And it just basically kind of exploded from there just because, you know, he had a great following and uh, the products are really good. And basically, you know, guys would try it and and it just became kind of like a, a big hit instantly. Got it. So the company, like we mentioned, was started in uh, 2013. When did you join? I joined uh, a little bit less than a year ago, so I haven't. You know, the company is doing well before, so you know, my my mission is take the company from doing well to doing fantastic. So, you know, we're doing we're doing great, you know, but we have you know bigger hopes and dreams, and you know we want to scale it up. So, you know, basically, I'm jumped on board to uh, see if we can take it to the next level. Uh, Aaron has a lot of different businesses, and part of it was he was kind of like giving me the keys to uh, take it to the next level and hope grow it out. So, you know, he while he's doing a variety of projects, he's like, Mike, why don't you take it over and see if you can, uh, you know, make it and take it to to the place that we want it to be. Right. So when you are coming into a, a business that's you know already successful, has a, a great, you know, brand, lots of uh, exposure from the the figurehead, essentially, of the business, and you're coming in, what kind of things do you see that you can add most immediately? Like, what's the, what what, are the, what kind of work is required to kind of take it to the next level, like you're saying? 
Yeah, I mean, I think the, the the thing that was great for Pete and Pedro was there was a solid business, but there was a lot of stuff that wasn't happening. You know, so for me, it was really all about first diving into kind of like the low hanging fruit and basically building up the business kind of from the inside out. So my kind of mission this whole first year was really all about converting the website, getting the traffic that we already have to convert at a much higher rate than it currently was. And we actually have a pretty high conversion rate, but we, you know, what can we do to make it better? So, you know, there's been like five to 10 things that I've done, you know, in the first six months here to really kind of get that up and kind of re reinvigorate the business so that it can get to the next level, you know, kind of putting in the building blocks that it didn't have. So, you know, like I said, Aaron, you know, he's done an amazing job, but he does a lot of different jobs and different companies. So he wanted somebody who can really focus on the business entirely. And, uh, you know, while he can be kind of the, you know, the pitch man and, and the, the leader of the organization from the, the marketing side of that. Got it. So like you mentioned, you are kind of focused on the the kind of mid and bottom of the funnel, taking the traffic that's coming in and converting them. Let's talk about the, the top of the funnel too. So most of the traffic is coming from Aaron's Alpha M YouTube channel. Yeah, so he's got a, a 5 million plus uh, YouTube channel and most of the traffic is coming from YouTube. So part of you know, my thing is diversifying that a little bit to start, you know, building up the social medias on like Facebook and Instagram. And one of the other key areas was the email. So there really wasn't too much email marketing going on except for an occasional newsletter here and there. So, you know, one of my first initiatives is really getting together the email and starting to build the foundation for leveraging, you know, an email list and not just getting people to the website. So there wasn't too much going on on the email front. And obviously, you know, the email can be 20% of your sales if you're, you know, if you're doing it correctly. And basically, kind of when I came on, it was like 1%. So, you know, right now, there's already been a big jump into the email front, you know, success of the revenue that we're getting. And there's still a lot more that we can do with the automations and so forth with our email programs. So, you know, I'm seeing... One of my goals over the next month or two is actually to really revamp our email programs, getting all the automations in, you know, so that our customers who are very engaged, you know, are really looking at all the products or they're upselling or cross-selling, all the opportunities that are out there that we're not taking advantage of. Got it. So I think one of the mistakes that that, that you, you see in the marketplace see with entrepreneurs is that they might focus on the top of the funnel and then also once traffic gets to the, to the site as two separate kind of things, but they're really related, right? The kind of traffic that you bring in can have a big impact on the conversion rate. So can you say a little bit more about how you would focus on things like social media with Facebook and Instagram? How can that affect uh, conversion rates later? Yeah, I mean, I think the traffic, you know, where your traffic coming from is definitely going to affect your conversion rate. You know, YouTube, he's getting a lot of guys who've been following him for a while. So they kind of know, they kind of know Pete and Pedro. They've looked around, but there's also a ton of new guys who are joining up to, you know, to his subscriber base. And then they come over and they basically don't even know that Pete and Pedro is one of his products. And they're totally like, whoa, there's you know, a whole grooming world of products that he has. For the Facebook and, and Instagram, you know, these are guys who are much more committed um, to the brand. You know, these are these are the truly they've got people who love the company and they really want to follow follow the success and grow with the brand, and you know, be part of its, its success. Um, now, if it's the ads, you know, you're kind of getting them into the door so they don't know who they are, and you're going to get a lower conversion rate. The hope is that the conversion rate is justified by the sale to get them in, and and then hopefully they become a long term customer and a long term fan. So. You know, you might lose a little bit on the on the cost to get them in the door, but as long as they're bringing in the revenue of four, down the line, it's, it's going to help out. 
Right. So you, what you're getting at is that that there are kind of two paths for a customer to be introduced to to the to the to the products. One is through the brand that Aaron and the YouTube channel has built, and the other is kind of more like a direct response, like showing an ad, getting someone to click on it, and then selling them basically on the product alone outside of just the brand. So once someone does come in that route where they are just experiencing the product for the first time, doesn't know much about the brand yet. How do you kind of, you know, I guess backfill that afterwards? Like how do you get them to be introduced to to the brand uh, after they've kind of made their initial purchase or maybe not even a purchase, but just got their initial exposure to to the products, but doesn't know anything yet about Aaron or the YouTube channel or Alpha M? Yeah. So I mean that's been that's like been the big thing that I've started off doing was really trying to build the credibility and the education for the website. So when I started, the the main product that we sell is called a it's a putty and it's a hair product and it had, you know, ten reviews. You know, but thousands of people were buying it. So there was no reviews on the website. So my first my first thing that I did was I launched uh, a, an app from Shopify called Judge Me and basically built a reviews program for all our products. So if you go to the putty now, you'll see there's over a thousand reviews of the putty. So just imagine if you're a new customer that's never heard of the, the product or brand, they go there and you see a thousand reviews and they're all you know four or five stars you're going to have a lot more faith that this is a solid product. So Aaron's getting them, getting them over, getting them to take take a look. My, I view myself as, you know, can I close the sale by making the website experience even better? You know, so, you know, reviews has been really huge for us, getting a lot of buy-in. And the best thing about reviews also is you, when you do get the negative feedback, you know, not everybody's going to love the product, but basically, you know, me or somebody within the company reads every single re- review we get. And I love getting sometimes negative reviews because those customers are the ones you can really turn into great, you know, loyalists of the brand or get them a product that they like. You know, so they might not like a certain hair product. So we'll give them a deal to try another product to make sure that they're happy. So, you know, we think there's a product for everybody. So not only are you converting customers with the reviews, you're also making unhappy customers happy. So it's a double benefit. Um, so that's that's been really big for us. It sounds simple, of course, reviews, but if you're not doing it, you really got to leverage it. Like some of the other things that we've done, the product recommendations. You know, so if you're on any page, you really want to have recommendations app on there, so that you know if they like a shampoo, then you really need to leverage conditioner. You know, and that's been really successful for us to really leverage you know the most closely associated product. Right. I think uh, an important thing about the negative reviews is that a lot of uh, brand new stores, if they start seeing that, they kind of think like, oh man, the game's over. People don't like what I have. But like you're saying, that's just a great opportunity to turn a unhappy customer into a happy one and potentially a loyal and maybe even an evangelist for you. So when you do get a negative review, how do you recommend people address uh, the, the, the review publicly? And then also, how do you handle that kind of feedback internally? Yeah. I mean, for me, you know, one of the big things for me is customer service. I think the best marketing companies today are the one who have the best customer service. So, you know, every experience that guys have and every interaction they have is all about making the experience better and making them trust and know that there's somebody on their side to make sure that their experience is the best. So we, like you said, if it's a negative experience, I actually view that in two ways. One, Okay, you know, we have things that we need to work on. What can we improve to make this experience better? For example, our putty is actually a pretty unique product. You know, you have to actually know how to use it. So we have a lot of guys who think it's not good, but it's really, they don't know how to use it. So we've made a lot of educational videos. You know, so if you go to the website, video is huge now. So every product has a video. We have a video section in our advice, our advice section. 
So we want to make sure these guys are educated and they know how to use the products. We also have like a hair tool and a selfie image tool as well, where people actually can send in a picture of themselves for their hair, and then we'll actually give them a recommendation of which hair product they should use. Um, now that's a pretty big leap for most websites, but you know we have a pretty pretty strong trust factor with our customers who are willing to do it, and they and then we are able to you know give them a strong feedback on which product they can use. You know, but internally for customer service wise, I I'll read the reviews, I'll talk to our customer service team, we'll strategize on what we think is the best best thing to do. So for example, we might you know we might give somebody fifty percent off of the purchase that they just made. And also then give them a 50% off of another product that they want. So essentially, they're getting another free product to try to give it a go. But every every scenario is different. We also have a rewards program that I launched uh, recently. So, you know, guys love their points. It builds loyalty. It gives them free stuff. Um, there's a referral program to grow out the business. And it helps with the brand building. And, uh, you know, so that's been really good as well. So that, you know, people create an account. When they create an account, the chances of them staying or sticking with you are significantly higher. Um, you know, it's easier to grow your business with your current customers than it is to get new ones, which, uh, you know, might cost three or four times more. So getting your current customers to try new stuff is way easier than getting a new guy who's never heard of you to basically give it a shot. Right. So when you when you do get like this this kind of a negative review, it sounds like it's either uh, you know true kind of improvements that can be made, which are going to take longer to implement. But a lot of times, the miscommunication, you're able to solve that through education or try to uh, avoid it altogether by having more content around video and like ways to to service the customer and make it clear what product they should get was a good fit for them. So once you are able to fix that kind of issue where you you get them the right product that that's actually a better fit for them or you explain how to use the product to them and they, they get it and they're happy, can they update the review? Like how does that get kind of addressed more publicly so that, that your cost, because you know, going back to you, like you said, credibility is important. So if you are putting the work in to fix an issue, how do you kind of make sure that your audience is kind of up to date on, on the, the customer service that you've provided? Yeah, I mean, they do have the ability to update a review if, um, you know, if, or we'll ask them if, you know, if it is a really negative review, you know, to update it. I mean, for the most part, we we really don't change the reviews that we get, or really at, at all. You know, we're okay with that because getting negative reviews actually brings a lot more credibility because you know, not everybody's going to love your product, but the the positive ones significantly stand out more. You know, so if we're getting a thousand reviews, nine hundred and fifty of them are four and five stars, and the fifty of them are one stars, then you know I'm going to believe the four or five stars. Yeah, you know, so we don't you know we don't really make any changes to the negative reviews. We just want to. Um, make sure that those customers are really happy about the experience and, you know, make sure that they have an opportunity to come out of Team Pedro being like, okay, maybe this product wasn't for me, but we know that, you know, we're going to have new products and there's going to be new education and new stuff that they might be interested in down the line, they might come back. So I, I feel like there's a product for everybody, you know? So, you know, when it, when I, when I started, we really just had hair products. So one of my key things that I've done, you know, my short time here is really to grow the line. You know, so since I've started, we've we've launched a shave line, we've launched a body wash line, we're launching you know, new tools. You know, so there's a lot more opportunity to cross sell and make sure that every guy has something to um, to buy. So kind of when I start, one of our nick our slogan is Bueno Hair, 
you know, but now we're like a complete grooming company, the variety of products. So we've really expanded um, what we offer and, um, you know, beer products as well. So when you are able to offer more products, you're also able to find something that everybody is interested in to give a shot. Got it. And so one, one last thing about this app that you're using, Judge Me, I think a key to getting and building such a quick uh, review program is around incentives and also timing. Do you offer any incentives or do you recommend any, any incentives to, to encourage people to leave a review? We don't. We don't you know, really need them as much because we have a lot of guys who are more than willing to provide the reviews. But I think early on, if, you, uh, if you're really looking to get quick reviews onto the website and you feel like it's a little slow, you know, offering 10, 15% to get those reviews definitely helps. Um, or you can do kind of a email blast asking customers to do review and kind of give them a, a little bit of a, a deal to do it to kind of get those reviews up to where you want. Or if there's a new product that you're specifically targeting, you know, you can ask those guys directly to be like, hey, you know, what'd you think? And, you know, we'd love if you could write a review. You know, so Judge Me has been really good. I mean, there's a lot of solid review companies out there. You know, it's nicely integrated with Shopify. It's one of the it's one of the the bigger review companies. You know, most companies have reviews, but yeah, you know, I, I think people once you get to a certain size, you kind of take the reviews for granted. I think it's actually the reverse. You should never ever take your reviews for granted because that's the most important thing about your business is what your customers think. Yeah, almost if I see like a company that that has a large brand, I go and see they don't have, they don't have many reviews. I, the red flag, some kind of alarm goes off. I'm surprised that they don't have more reviews. Something seems off. So I think you're right. As you grow your reviews and you decide the, the, the number of reviews, I think should grow with you. Otherwise, there can't be a hit to the credibility. What about on the timing side? Like, Is there a certain time where asking for a review seems to convert better? Yeah, I mean, that's been interesting, actually, because our shipping, you know, we ship a lot of international orders and, you know, our shipping, it, it can take a little bit more. We, we, it takes about two to three weeks for our international shipments to get to our customers, you know, versus our United States orders can take, you know, one to four or five days. So you really want to make sure that you get requests, which gives the customer enough time to try out the product but not too far away where they kind of like don't care anymore. So I like to do it a couple days after when I expect them to get the product. You know, so if they're expected to get it in seven days, you know, I kind of like to do it on the 10 day, 10 to 15 day range. So it's pretty quickly after they get it, right when it's like fresh. You know, our, our guys really, you know, want to try out the product right away. Some businesses, you know, maybe they don't even open it up for a week. But um, we also have, if it's an international order and it's been like three weeks, you know, sometimes they're like, "Hey, I haven't got, it. I haven't got the package yet." So, you know, that's a good opportunity for us to take a look at the tracking, see what's going on, interact with the customer, tell them it's on the way. But you know, obviously, you want to make sure the review requests are coming in after they get the product and have a chance to try it. You know, and you can always dabble with different days to see if what type of you know conversion time frame you're getting. You know, we have pretty high success, so for right now, it's it's pretty solid for us. Hey. Real quick, if you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review on iTunes. Let us know what you think or what you'd like to hear more of. Now, let's get back to the interview. So you mentioned, too, that the the key is to get existing customers to buy rather than introducing uh, new customers to, to your suite of products. When you do have a new product that you're releasing, how do you typically like to, how do you, I guess, how do you launch to existing customers? And how is that different than the way you would launch to new customers? 
Yeah, I mean, that's that's one of the things that we do, I think, a solid job with um, really leveraging our social media, kind of any of the new development with new products, you know, when you're getting working on the, the label for the product or, you know, coming up with the name, you know, we really try to get our fans involved in the process so that gets them excited to know that the products are on the way, kind of talk about its benefits and what it can do for you. And also, you know, Aaron on, on his channel or his Instagram, you know, he'll promote or mention something as well. So, you know, we really try to build up this uh, energy to go along with it in, 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 or in our email or maybe at the top bar of the website, you know, and say, hey, coming soon, you know, new, new body washes. So there's a lot of energy that we try to promote for a new product. You know, for some of the products, we'll also create kind of like a product in advance where you can get a pre-order for the products. Like the body washes was a really big launch for us. And we had like a pre-order, you know, out of stock notification thing where people could sign up so that right when we did get it, you know, we'd have email out to, you know, 500 new people. And boom, we don't have to wait a week or two to uh, get the word out. You know, it's like literally right when you get in stock, it opens up. Everybody gets an email. It's automated. And, you know, boom, that first day, you know, you just got 50 orders that normally you might have to wait a week or two before you launch. So, you know, there's some good apps in Shopify for that as well that have some nice features to not make you want to wait. But those are the key things. I mean, I don't think there's any magic formula. I think you just have to leverage all your marketing channels to, um, you know, get people excited and uh, show pictures, do videos, create the pages, you know, and then from there, um, you know, launch it, you know, via, you know, your, your key marketing channels. When it comes to email, how how do they get on the list? Like, are these just existing customers or can they also be uh, people that are just prospects and not, not haven't purchased yet? Yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the key things that I did. I launched a company called Privy, which is uh, kind of like an email capture site sign up service and so we'll get the guy comes to the website before there wasn't any ability to get onto the newsletter you know so now there's a pop-up where somebody will sign up they can get 15 percent, or they'll get close to the checkout you know but the last minute it's like eh, i'll uh, do this another time or maybe i'll go look somewhere else you know so we have a exit in 10 pop-up that you know says hey don't leave here's five percent you know finish up your order and also where they're coming from so we also have if they're coming from youtube we have a different offer you know, versus if they're coming organically, you know, via Google, you know, they're just coming to the website. It might be a different offer for 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 different customers. How, how does that work? How do you determine? I, I like this approach where you are customizing the offer depending where the traffic is coming from. Uh, how does it change? How do how does how do the offers change? Well, right now, if they sign, if they come to the website just like organically, it actually will be a ten percent. If they come from YouTube at the current moment, it's actually a 15% offer. So more than likely, if they're coming from YouTube, it's probably somebody who either has been familiar with Aaron's channel or is coming there because they watched something. So they're probably a little bit more engaged customer. And you know, we want them to, they, the chances of them succeeding are much higher. They're already activated by watching his, his videos and, you know, and you know, are willing to basically click over to check us out. So we're actually giving a better offer to those guys. Now that's something we'll have to evaluate. You know, maybe we drop that back down to ten. You know, or bring up the the first newsletter sign up to fifteen. Now it's a one time. These are one time sign ups. You know, once they sign up, they don't get the pop up anymore. You know, so it's generally like their first order. But basically, if they're watching the YouTube series or videos, that's a much more engaged customer. So we want them to convert at a higher percent. You know, so far we're seeing that. Yeah, I, I I wonder. I thought that um, I would think that because the the kind of motivation or the the buyer is much more motivated if they come from the YouTube channel. I would imagine that you 
would require less of an incentive to kind of push them over the line compared to someone that maybe doesn't know much about the product or the brand and it just came from Google search. Is there, is there, I guess, is there like data that you've seen that, that shows the opposite of that? Well, I mean, I think you're right. I mean, that's the, you know, some of this is new. Um, so it's not a matter of, I mean, I, I, I tend to agree with you, but you know, you can actually do AB testing on, on the privy. So I think anything is, is worthy of testing out. Maybe if you do the 15%, you also get bigger orders, you know? So, you know, for the guy who he's coming because he wants the putty, but now, cause he's getting 15% off that first time, he might be like, he might be like, Oh, you know what? I'll try out that shaving cream because I'm getting 15% off. So you probably, maybe you lose a little bit on the, the percent discount, but the orders are higher. So, you know, every, everything's a fine balance. You know, sometimes, you know, you can say the same thing for five to 10%, but when you give somebody 10%, they're much more willing to spend more because they know they don't have an opportunity to take advantage of it. So yeah, I'm okay with the 15% for right now, but I, I mean, I do agree in, you know, in a couple of weeks, a month, you know, let's see how it does. And we can check, we can test them out to see which, which coupons the bigger, but the privy or anything, it's always worth testing out and seeing which ones, you know, makes most sense for your business. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. I think you've raised a good point that not every customer is the same, right? A customer that's coming from the YouTube channel might respond better and and purchase a greater volume, might have a, a larger car value than someone that comes from from uh, uh, Google search and that 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 higher incentive might encourage them to be more to be more likely to add more to their cart so yeah I think you're right that it's not just which one is going to become a customer which one is more likely to buy or become a customer you gotta look at things like what is the actual like kind of lifetime value of that particular customer so totally agree now uh, i want to talk a little about the the recommendations i think this is a great way to to do things like increase the the or the order value uh what, what do you what app do you use and like how how customized how do you how do you i guess teach it or how do you customize it so that it recommends the the right product I mean, the the app really does most of the of recommendations based on you know, data analysis. So it's looking at our data and realizing uh, if they bought a body wash, then you should be you know mentioning another body wash. For example, our key, our two main products are our putty and our salt. So the salt's a pre styler, and then you know then you use the putty. That's been one big thing for us is basically, you know, kind of like a combo um, type of one, two, you know, bang with those two products is every guy who's getting the putty has a good chance of getting the salt. You know, so if you go down to that product, you'll see that the salt is, you know, the first recommendation that is there. And also there might be one or two other options. So you don't want to have too many options. It's kind of like, you know, too many choices is a bad thing. Just having the right amount of products that they actually really, really are likely to buy, you know, you want down there. So I wouldn't have more than three other products to buy um, as an option, but you know, one to one to three is usually the best. But the frequently bought together app has been really big. You can see, you know, if you go into the data, you can see, you know, what percentage of guys are adding to their to their carts and and so forth. And we, you know, we know that guys are doing it right there. So, you know, the less pages they have to go through without the site looking, the better. Mm-hmm. What, now, what about? Uh, I actually want to jump back to the to the email capture. So, once you are capturing their email, what does the email kind of autoresponders or what do what do they start receiving from you guys? Yeah, I mean, right now we don't have too much of the email chains going in. Um, that's that's definitely on the top of my radar. Is you know we're going to build up a lot of the you know the welcome series and and basically kind of a whole chain of emails that 
you know, really introduces them to the company and, you know, what our top sellers are and, you know, who Aaron is and what's new and all, you know, anything and everything about Pete and Pedro. So, I mean, that's definitely one of the first things that somebody should be doing. And that's, you know, I've been evaluating email programs and we'll be jumping on to kind of creating those automations that are out there so that, you know, you kind of have a whole streamlined experience of what Pete and Pedro is all about. Most, if they sign up for a coupon right now, the coupon tells them right then and there uh, what the code is. You know, I think that's important, actually. You don't, you don't want a lot of guys to come off the website. You want them to stay on the website. Now, it's not bad to get an email. I think that's good. But at the same time, a lot of these programs, it might take two to five minutes to sometimes get. You know, it can be kind of annoying. And then basically annoying turns into leaving and I'll go, I'll go look elsewhere. So yeah, I, I actually like having the coupon right there on, on the website because they just grab, they copy code it and then they can place the order they want. Got it. When it comes to the design of the website, have you done any kind of overhauling since, since joining? Have you made any significant changes there yet? Yeah. I mean, that was one of my first main projects was I thought that the website needed an overhaul, especially on the mobile side. You know, our mobile traffic is, you know, growing exponentially, just like everybody else. You know, it can be almost like two thirds of our traffic. And our, our mobile site is really not up to par, uh, in my opinion. And the same for the desktop as well. So I'm a big believer in kind of looking at data. We, you know, use an app called Crazy Egg, which basically tells you, you know, where people are clicking on, on the website. You know, it gives you a lot of data. Can you give an example of something that you might have seen through Crazy Egg that made you guys make some kind of change? Yeah, like the homepage right now, you know, we we added in the Shark Tank, you know, so Pina Pedro has actually been on Shark Tank. There's obviously a huge, you know, it's a very unique thing about the company. When it's a crazy egg, I noticed a lot of people, the Shark Tank actually image wasn't even clickable. But guys would like kind of scroll over, they try to click it. And I noticed that. So if you click on the Shark Tank image, there's actually, it'll take you to, it'll take you to a whole page where people can kind of watch the whole Shark Tank experience. Um, if you scroll a little bit farther down, you'll see the best sellers on the website. You know, we noticed that guys want to go quickly directed to their top picks. And, you know, so we added in the best sellers to, to the homepages. And, you know, what you find also is most guys will shop at the top of the website, of course, but they also scroll down to the bottom. So when I started, the bottom of the website really didn't have any information. I think people actually take that for granted or they actually don't even think about it. Like they'll skip the entire middle? They'll, they'll read the top and then skip the middle. Yeah, so the bottom and the top are going to be probably going to be your two most heavily spots. Um, so if you scroll to the bottom of our website, you know you can see it's got all the information that you need. You know, try to make it nice and clean and directs people to where they want to go if they want to, you know, learn more about us or shipping shipping policies and. You know, we have a lot of international customers, return policy, you know, so we, you know, we really try to split it all up and make it nice and clean. You know, those are some basic strategies. It sounds simple, but, you know, everybody should be doing it, but they're not doing it. You know, put the social media tabs up at the top because the social for us is really big. Yeah. And just, you know, look to see you know, anything and everything that was going on on the page. So actually, if you, if, you know, if you're on the home page right now, the second level slider right under the main square I was actually shocked that 
that right arrow on the first slider there was actually our heaviest clicked thing on the entire page, which I couldn't believe. So I was actually going to get rid of it. You know, if you see where it has the putty with the right slider there, I was, I'm like, eh, this is kind of stupid because you don't, you, mm-hmm. I don't see any value add. And the next thing I know, I, I did the crazy egg and that's where everybody's clicking. So, you know, I think good marketing is using their instincts, but also looking at the data, you know, so use the data, but also use your instincts. Sometimes the data matches up with their instincts, and sometimes it just tells you the exact opposite. So, but trust, trust. Which one? Which one wins in that case? If it's like, if it's like competing, or where your instinct says one thing, but then the data shows something different. What do you do in that case? Yeah. How, well, how do you like to kind of handle that situation? I mean, I think if it's clear cut, you stick with the data. If it's somewhere in that 50-50, 60-40 range, where you're like, all right, what's going to make our experience better? for a customer, then I think you go with their gut instinct. Yeah, so I think that every person has to decide, well, is that important to their business? Is that important to their website or their brand? But if the data is conclusive, then I think you just gotta roll with the data, even if it's the opposite of what you what you think. The data doesn't lie. So good instincts will go far, but data can sometimes go farther. You know, So that's the, been big, but the, the main thing was really, not even just the desktop, was really doing the, the mobile completely. So you know, I researched, yeah, I would go to like 25 other mobile websites and other retail businesses and see what they're doing and, you know, kind of take a best practices type of thing and mesh that with kind of my own frame for our current customers and rebuilt the mobile site, um, which I thought would make it much more mobile friendly and easier to get around and shop. And so I think that's been really huge. So you know, like I said, my goal the first, you know, kind of six months here was, you know, how I can improve the conversion rate of the business. And, you know, we basically improved the conversion rate by about like 0.5%. So, you know, we already have a really high conversion rate about, let's say, 4%, which is significantly high for retail. And now we're at like 4.5, you know, which is a monster. So, you know, just doing those little changes can make some big, big differences if you're getting a lot of traffic. Definitely. When it come when it came to overhauling the mobile design, did you have to like completely like build a theme from scratch, or did you, did you just look for spots where you could plug in or remove things that 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 made that made the, the difference? I mean, we use the current template that we were using within Shopify, but essentially, I redesigned every single page on the site. So, you know, the product pages we redesigned, the homepage look, the drop down category on the left side. The shopping cart, pretty much, essentially, you know, I, I'd mock up how I wanted to look, and then our designer slash tech team would would create it, and you know, we would evaluate it and go from there. I mean, we had categories and and so forth, so a, a lot of different things that people just take for granted. But you know, if you actually look at the thing, you'll you'll see that it's I, I think it's pretty clean, and you know, we've seeing the conversion rate, you know, jumped up pretty quickly. And I think that that had a huge part of it because the mobile experience was just way, way better now than it, than it used to be, you know, because I think it's actually interesting. We all sit at our desks or laptops all day. So we kind of, you know, we think about the desktop because, you know, when I'm emailing customers, when I'm emailing you or talking to somebody, you're always in front of your desktop and you kind of take your phone for granted. But I think actually marketing now is, you should, the first thing should be actually, well, let me look at my phone. How's the phone experience going to be? And then actually relate it back to the desktop. So, you know, the conversion rates on mobile are, are lower. You know, people will still convert much higher on desktop because that's where, you know, they, it's more comfortable. It's a little bit easier experience. 
but the mobile gets more traffic. So, you know, the more and more we can to convert the mobile, the better it's going to be. You said you'd redesign each page from scratch. If you were to rank in order maybe the top three pages, what would they be? What would you recommend people focus their time on first if they are to redesign their site for a mobile one page at a time? I mean, I think having a solid navigation is important. So start there really thinking about if you want the customer to get on their website, make sure the navigation is nice nice and easy so they can you know, click the menu tab and get to everywhere they need to be quickly and easily. Have have a nice navigation window. I mean, you have limited space on the mobile, so making sure the navigation at the top is you know is there for for them. And then, of course, you know you're going to want to have nice and clean product pages and an easy checkout. I mean, I think those are kind of like the three. So make sure it's easy to get around with a navigation. Make sure the product pages are not filled with just excess information. Keep them nice and clean and formatted, and have nice pictures. Don't you know try to do too much on them. And then, you know, three, boom, the checkout. If the checkout's not a good experience, you might done everything and then they're just basically, they can't figure out how to get checkout or, or put in their credit card or skip a line or whatever it is. So, you know, you should be placing, you know, 10 to 20 test orders yourself and asking yourself, you know, was that easy? You know, so, you know, I'm like obsessive with like, doing my test orders and, and trying stuff out and seeing like, was that, was that easy? Yeah. I mean, you can have a one-step checkout, um, you know, it could be a two-step page checkout, you know, you can go, you know, a lot of people go both ways, but the, the lesser amount of steps, the better, you know, obviously, um, you know, but it's just gotta be easy so people can put in their information and, and not miss something, especially, you know, mobile, you know, where it's it's a little bit, you have less room to work with, so people miss stuff a lot more frequently. And people get annoyed, so they, they'll leave. Uh, I mean, one of the things that, you know, we also did was add a lot of different payment options, you know. So I added Amazon payments, you know, so we have a solid Amazon business. Um, you know, so Amazon payments has been really solid for us because, you know, it builds uh, an easier conversion because they can log into their Amazon credentials but still buy on your website. Um, so that's been important, you know, Google pay, Apple pay, uh, all, anything and all those different type of, um, payment conversion things all add up to a lot of success if you, you know, bundle them all together. So you mentioned, uh, navigation was the, the main focus. And you also said that the top and bottom of a mobile website are, are the most, the key aspects. So, you know, there's navigation in both sections. So how do you decide what should, because you obviously can't include and should not include everything. So how do you decide what should go in for the navigation on the top or bottom of a mobile site? Um, I mean, I think, you know, I mean, you want to have the most important stuff. So, I mean, you know, you want to have the shop, the shopping categories first. I mean, I would put them at the top, you know, because that's where people are more than likely to go. Um, you should have your shopping cart at the top right, or it depends how you want it, top right or top left, uh, your login, you know, and contact information. And, and those are going to be your key things, you know, the, sh the categories for shopping contact slash login slash account are going to be, you know, people, something that everything that people want access to quickly and easily that they're going to use. So, you know, what are the top five pages that people go to, you know, that's what you're going to want them to have easy access to, you know, it could be your best sellers and, you know, or whatever, I'm not sure, or whatever it is, you know, maybe there's a lot of people who want to find out what your shipping policies are and you want to have your shipping there. You just never know, but, you know, see what, you know, go into your Google analytics and see what your top, you know, 10 pages are 
And those are the things that should be easily accessible. And pedro.com is the website. What is the next big project that you want to focus on to keep on increasing the conversion rates? I mean, I think the big thing for me right now is, you know, we need to upgrade our email experience. So, you know, when I came on, there just wasn't too much going on in the email front, unfortunately, and which is a good opportunity. So, you know, I first thing I did was really to kind of re-engineer our list and, you know, put it all together. The second stage here is, you know, I've been looking at improving um, all the email automations and experiences that that customers are getting. So, you know, email can be 20% of your revenue if, you know, if you're if you're doing it successfully, maybe more. Um, you know, right now it's a smaller piece. Um, so that gives us a lot of opportunity to grow and really build on on the customers that we're working with. Um, so, you know, I really want to build a welcome series and a win back series and improve the shopping cart abandonment and the browse abandonment, um, all these different, you know, series of things that people get when they're with their emails, um, that, you know, really just basically kind of like leverage the machine a little bit, you know, so really getting all those in place will be a huge, huge piece to our puzzle, you know, that we're currently not doing. So, you know, I'm looking forward to doing that and seeing how it does because I think you know really really leveraging more than just you know newsletters is a huge piece that I think a lot of companies probably don't do, but you know they probably should be doing. Awesome! Yeah, thank you so much for your time, Michael. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Shopify Masters, the e-commerce podcast for ambitious entrepreneurs powered by Shopify. To get your exclusive 30-day extended trial, visit shopify.com slash masters.